Coming up, the Vault of Souls is back, but this year, not all the spirits are cooperating. That's coming up on today's show. From the Haunted Attraction Network, I'm Philip, and this is day 19 of our 61-day Hauntathon, where we're counting down to Halloween by visiting a different haunted house every day here on the show. Today is Monday, September 19th, and there are only 42 days until Halloween. In this year's Hauntathon, we also have daily videos and even exclusive fan events. Links to everything are in the show notes. Today, we're back at the Vault of Souls in Tampa. The Vault of Souls is an experience we've been covering since year one. Written and developed by Scott Swenson, it's an elegant evening of fear in the historic Bank Vault in downtown Tampa. We'll discuss how the event has evolved and what's planned for this year. And just a note on this one, the audio quality on this one is pretty poor. Honestly, I have no idea what happened, but all I can say is that we were on location in the vault recording and it is a beacon for paranormal activity. So faulty equipment or playful spooks, you decide. Here's Scott. Hi, I'm Scott Swenson and I'm the creative director for The Vault of Souls. The Vault of Souls is five select nights in October and our goal is to make it an evening of elegant fear. So guests will arrive for elegant cocktails, hand-passed hors d'oeuvres, we'll have a moment of, of paranormal fear mm. and we'll return back to the world of living. The Vault of Souls has been around since 2015 and has come and gone, obviously, like so many things with COVID, but it is back this year, and it is the ideal, elegant evening of fear. The idea behind the Vault of Souls is that it's not a haunted house, it's not a cocktail party, it's not immersive theater, it's all of those things. And the goal is to, to get guests, adult guests, who want to come and experience Halloween in a way that is unique to the adult audience. It starts with a high-end cocktail party in one of the, in my opinion, one of the coolest locations in Tampa. It's the vault. And it is a, a 1920s bank building and it's been restored. It's got a beautiful white marble lobby and it's all about the spirits of the 20s. Then when your name is called, you descend into the area that we're in now, which we call the ritual. And you meet the spirits that have been trapped here since the mid to late 20s. And if you're lucky, you'll find enough things to answer the right questions so that you can return to the world. Tell me a little bit about what you have planned for this year. As you mentioned, the vault has been ever evolving. It has gone through many different iterations. So what we're trying to do this year is we are really trying to, what I would like to say is polish the diamond. We had our most successful year last year and we felt that we really hit stride with the level of fear, with the level of performance, with the level of elegance. And what we want to do is to continue to build on the performance aspect and continue to build on the creepy aspect while creating a whole new sense of immersion and interaction. So this year, guests will still be on a quest and each guest will have a unique quest to them. But instead of trying to figure out a, a simple limerick or a simple poem or phrase, it's going to be a bit more in-depth and it's going to require a bit more active participation from the guests because we found that last year we were a little easy. So we wanted to make it a little bit more difficult. We have to dig a little deeper. We are also adding a brand new character this year called Darkness. And Darkness is the evil entity that lives in this realm who tries to get in your way. So not all of the spirits now are willing to help. In fact, 
the darkness is going to try to mess you up. The darkness is going to try to make it more difficult so that he can keep your soul trapped beneath the ground for a longer period of time. Talk to me about that a little bit more. Why did you decide to bring in a character like the darkness? What we have always wanted to do is to continue to introduce more depth, more layers to our, our core story. And the core story of the Vault of Souls, of course, is that this is in essence purgatory. This is where souls are held in abeyance until such time as they can move on. Yeah. And it is something that is purchased or was purchased in the 20s. And these folks are, are in their, their safe space, even though it is dark and sinister. We wanted to add a character to add a little bit more conflict. We wanted to add a character that not only adds conflict with the characters that are down here, but also with the guests who come and visit. They've learned to expect, expect a certain level of cooperation from the characters that are down here. And by adding a negative character or a trickster character, it makes their job a little bit more difficult without putting them in, in peril, so to speak. So we wanted to, to ramp up the challenge. We wanted to add a, another level of conflict and we wanted to add a new face so that there's a little bit of freshness. Can you give us an example of maybe a, a moment of conflict or a challenge or something that a guest will have to do this year that's a little bit different from last year? In years past, the answers that the guests were seeking were blatant if they knew where to look. This year they won't be. Perfect example is in this hallway. We're looking at probably hundreds of death certificates and the solution to someone's quest, or one of the solutions to someone's quest, may be in the fine details, may be in the fine print on one of these death certificates. So it may require them to ask and dig a little bit deeper in order to find the one that they need to find. Talk to me about Easter eggs, especially for those guests who have been visiting the vault since its inception, Easter eggs. I think the most important Easter egg, again, in this hallway, is all of the names on these death certificates were guests from the first and second year. So there are people who have come to A Vault of Souls every single year we've done it, and their names are represented on these very death certificates. There's another Easter egg that's in pretty much all of my haunted attractions, and that is, and there's always a rabbit somewhere. So if you do come to The Vault of Souls, I challenge you to find the rabbit, because there's only one. We talk a lot about how haunts every year should look at what they have done and figure out what to stop doing and what to keep doing. You talked about already adding in characters, mm -hmm. so that would be that. What have you stopped? What did you decide to not keep doing? What we're trying to reduce is time where guests are confused. Yeah. We're trying to reduce confusion. Yep. And in the early years, there were people who loved the fact that it was completely free-flowing. There were no challenges. It was explore on your own. But that doesn't work for all of our guests. So what we want to do is to make certain that every guest has a beginning, a middle, and an end to their, to their experience. It's not going to be the same, but we want to make sure that every guest has that structure. So we're trying to eliminate confusion without being blatantly obvious. Okay. Can you give me an example of one scene that was a little bit confusing where you've tweaked it to make it less? In the original, we had a forest that was just a swamp-like forest. Last year, we tweaked it so that it was where the, the evil spirit 
who has now manifested itself as darkness this year, the evil spirit started to seep into the plot and appeared only as a projection, only as a faint image on the wall. So it wasn't just a forest, it was now where evil is seeping into the realm of the vault. The vault of souls relies maybe not as much on fabrication in those days, but it relies quite heavily mm -hmm. on a cast of incredible actors to be able to bring theatrical moments to life. How has staffing impacted you, staffing crisis impacted you this year, if it has? So the Vault of Souls is unique in the fact that it, it does use a high level of performer or very, spe very specific types of performers. You know, we have variety artists, we have fire artists, we have stilt walkers, we have a bunch of different performance styles that are part of all of the Vault events. And the nice thing is, because we've been doing this for so long, we've been able to build a, a strong family of performers. And some of them are even willing to come back out of, in essence, retirement to perform for this event. I have some performers who only perform as part of the Vault of Souls. So even though I am involved with a bunch of other haunted attractions this year, the Vault of Souls has been by far the easiest to staff because it has been a phone call and people are like, yes, I'm in. And people who involved, in fact, this year, we have one performer who hasn't been involved for several years and is all of a sudden back. So I'm really excited that it is a sense of family. It's a sense of homecoming. And I know that's true in haunted attractions around the country and perhaps around the world. But here, because it's a smaller, more tight-knit cast, and it's a cast that is so reliant upon each other to tell the full story, that it's a it's a tight-knit group. And you know, when you've got I have a, a ballerina, I have a waltz couple, I have variety artists, I have fire artists, I have actors, I have there's there's all of these unique skill sets coming together to create this wonderful entity. So everybody I think who does the show feels that way. And so therefore they're very willing to come back and participate again and again. As far as fabrication goes, we're already living in either a very creepy environment, like the basement or the ritual, an already very elegant environment. Yeah. So when it comes to, especially scenic fabrication, for example, that's almost non-existent at this point. We did do some scenic fabrication early on, but now we just keep polishing, tweaking, adding little bits and pieces. One year we did a whole almost escape room approach and we have found new and different ways to repurpose a lot of that technology so that there is there are video elements. There are maglock elements that all of a sudden make doors magically open on their own. And and that kind of thing has been very helpful because we didn't have to worry about supply chain. We didn't have to worry about what new gimmick trick are we going to buy this year? Because we want to rely on the essence and the entity that is this building. You know, I've said from the very beginning, the true star of this experience is this building. Yeah. And we want to, we want to honor it as opposed to cover it up. Yeah. We've talked a lot about on the show with you, actually, mm -hmm. you've talked a lot about how you should hire actors from multiple time periods because of course it, makes their contracts longer and extends that relationship, but this run is only five nights. Mm -hmm. So that makes it difficult. So I'll be honest, the reason we're so successful with our, our family feel and the reason we're able to pull people, our ballerina, for example, works for SpaceX. Mm. She's not even in Tampa, she's not even local. And she comes back to Tampa to do this because it gives her the opportunity to be part of this very special event again. I will also be honest and say, we pay better. Yeah. If this is paid more like a theater experience and a 
high-end theater experience than a hot experience. So pay is part of it. But I promise you, if I were to say we can't pay anybody, we'd still get the same staff back. I can almost guarantee that. And the reason I can guarantee that is because, again, it is so unique. There are no other opportunities like this really anywhere that I'm aware of. I know there are other atmospheric haunts. I know there are other haunts that are breaking the mold, so to speak. But the fact that we are not only creating something very unique, but the Wilson Company, which is the company that actually produces this, this event, the Wilson Company treats everybody who works for them like gold. And they make certain that they feel valued. They make certain that at the end of the night, the entire cast ends up back upstairs in the vault itself, having cocktails and hors d'oeuvres all without charge. It's all part of the night there. It's part of the party. So not only are they working, and they work very, very hard because they're treated very, very well. Yeah. Okay. Let's finish up here with talking about the future of the vault. We talked a lot about how it's changed over the years when you stopped and what you're doing. Where do you see the vault as going forward from here? So every year when we finish the vault, we ask ourselves the same question. And that is, wow, where do we go from here? And I will be completely honest, I have no idea. <laughs> because the vault has always been such an organic project that it has grown out of the building. It continues to grow based on the building, based on what we've seen work with audiences, what we've seen guests ask for. I don't know what guests are going to want. I can speculate, I can guess, but why? I might as well just keep going with this organic process. I think the thing that is most important that makes the Vault of Souls unique is it's a little bit sexy, it's a little bit weird, and it's always very elegant. So those things will continue to be polished and reinforced. But where the story goes, where the artistry goes, where the variety artists go, I can't tell you right now. And it's not because I'm being cagey and sneaky, but it's because I honestly don't know what the next organic step is going to be. Okay. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you think we need our vault? One of the things that's unique about working in, a, in a, an actual space is there, is there is documented paranormal activity that happens down here. In uh, fact, it is, it is very, very common that certain technical elements will just randomly go out for no apparent reason. The, the performers who work down here, some of them are very, very sensitive and are very strong believers in the paranormal. So they will actually come down as part of the rehearsal process and ask permission to be down here. I did the same thing when I first started working down here. And to be completely honest, it's been about a year since I've been in this basement. I did the same thing before we started this interview. Mm. Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope and original music composed by Chris Thomas. We're counting down to Halloween with daily podcasts, videos, and events in our 61-day Hauntathon. Follow along at the link in our show notes. Our Hauntathon is made possible through generous support from Gantam Lighting and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com slash demo. That's gantam.com slash demo. Our Hauntathon team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Omni Adventures. 
Our partners for this year's Hauntathon include Sharp Productions, HorrorBuzz.com, ScareTrack, TheScareFactor.com, and Hauntopic Radio. The best way you can support us this Halloween season is by sharing our Hauntathon with someone you think will enjoy it. And to follow along to our Hauntathon, sign up for our weekly newsletter at HauntedAttractionNetwork.com. We'll catch you back here tomorrow and every day until Halloween. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.